Hello, Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 90. I am Joe Dubs. Hey, I'm Andy. Zach. Hey, I did, I did it quicker uh, this time than the last thing we did. Well, you did. <laughs> but if you're watching this first and then seeing the other episodes, you'll be like, pretty confused. Whatever. Yeah, go go back and listen to our special. It's a, it's a podcast, or it's a Patreon exclusive. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not. Yeah, we, we don't have Patreon. I set up your e-bag fund. <laughs> if you wanted to watch more Star Wars, sign up to our Patreon. Anyway, before we get into talking about a little uh, Twilight Zone, guys, what the hell have you been watching and playing? And uh, let's start with Andy since he has a shitload. <laughs> yeah, this is a shame because there, there's like five different things here I'd love to talk about. But, you know what, I'll just say everything, and then you guys can double back and ask me questions on whatever you think would be interesting to talk about. Uh-huh. Don't let me down, because if you ask me about something boring, I'm going to roll my eyes. You won't see it, but I'll roll. Um, we took a two-week hiatus because of Christmas, so I watched extra stuff this time. But uh, I watched Home Alone, Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace, Christmas Story, Tangled for the first time, A Bug's Life, The Plausible Impossible, a documentary about um, animation from the 50s, Walt Disney uh, narrates. The Muppet Movie, the original one from 1979. I finished The Mandalorian. I watched The Incredibles. I went to the theater and I saw Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler. I saw The Other Side of the Wind, Orson Welles' last movie, which came out on Netflix last year. I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yes, the original one from Disney. I watched DuckTales, the movie, Treasures of the Lost Lamp, which I never saw as a kid, but I always saw the show, and I didn't know there was a movie, so I watched it. That was fun. Oh, shit. I watched uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the movie. I watched Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the 3D show. I watched Star Wars, Clone Wars, the 2D show. Um, I uh, got caught up on Rick and Morty, and I also rewatched most of season three. I watched Pinocchio, the animated classic from the 40s from Disney. I watched John Carpenter's Dark Star. I watched Soylent Green. I watched The Ultimate Warrior. I watched God Told Me To. I watched Rollerball. I watched 12 Angry Men, the original one, mind you. I watched Border. I watched A Clockwork Orange from uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick. I watched... Death Race 2000. I watched David Cronenberg's Shivers. I watched Westworld, the original movie from the, uh, 1973, not the series. And I watched a little bit of Awesome Games Done Quick 2020. It's going on this week, and it's always fun. <sighs> All right. Um... <laughs> what, what, what did you think of Return of the Jedi? <laughs> it was all right. Not enough bears. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, there's there's some stuff way back there, and like the Christmas stuff. Um, I got Disney Plus. Hence, Tangled, Bugs Life, Plausible, Impossible, Muppet Movie, Incredibles, uh, Snow White, and Pinocchio. I decided I was going to watch a bunch of uh, animated Disney movies I haven't seen since I was a kid to see if like they're still good. Coincidentally, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is, you know, still a masterpiece. Uh, AFI, the American Film Institute, ranked it as the number one most important animated American movie ever. And I get it just because of when it came out. But also it's like just a beautiful movie and the songs are like catchy. Uh, Pinocchio was good, but, you know, I, I have to admit I got a little bored at times. Um, I want a big Star Wars kick, but, I mean, if you want to hear more about that, go listen to our episode about um, – Star Wars. All of them. Um, yeah. I, uh, Mandalorian, like, flipped the switch, the Star Wars switch. And there's something that happens in episode eight of The Mandalorian where I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? That's cool as shit. And, I, and like, I was reading about it, and it's it's invented in The Clone Wars. But I didn't just want to watch a couple bunch of episodes out of order. So I started Clone Wars, the fucking six series, one movie epic and if for some reason anyone out there decides to try to watch clone wars there's a chronological order and it is not the order it was viewed in it's really confusing so google it you got to watch like episode one no 216 then 116 then you watch the movie and then you watch like 301 then 303 and then you can go back and start at 101 it's really bizarre and the rest of the series is the same way it's like it jumps around a lot and uh, i watched the gindy Tadakowski no longer canonical 2D show, which was 
Fucking a thousand times better. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything else worth mentioning. Oh, Uncut Gems. Um, Adam Sandler knows how to act. I, I You would be forgiven for not knowing that, but god damn it, he acts his ass off in that movie. It's really good. Um, and then Criterion put up um, 1870s sci-fi movies on Criterion Channel. I'm going to watch all fucking 18 of them. I've watched nine, as you probably noticed, from Dark Star, Silent Green, Ultimate Warrior, God Told Me To, Rollerball, Clockwork Orange, Death Race 2000, Shivers, and Westworld. So, so far, so good. Um, uh, Dubs, I don't know if you'll remember, but I mentioned when we were doing Planet of the Apes that that same... Was it the writer or the director? I can't remember. I think it's the director. And Charlton Heston did three sci-fi movies in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, the others are Soylent Green and The Omega Man. They're both on there. I've seen them before, but I rewatched Soylent Green. I'm going to rewatch Omega Man. Uh, Soylent Green, I know everyone knows what happens at the end of that movie. Like, we've all heard the meme. That, you know, it's not really a meme, but the, the cultural touchstone. I don't care. That movie's great. I love that movie. Yeah, I've seen Omega Man, and that was pretty cool. And I believe that's where I Am Legend got their influence. For yes, that. they're both based on the same book. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I fucking love 70s sci-fi. Love it to death. Like, even a couple of the movies have been, like, a little boring, but they kind of kept me hooked just because of how interesting it is watching sci-fi from the 70s. Like, John Carpenter directing Dark Star. It's basically a student film, but it's just so weird and interesting. AGDQ, what did you watch? What games? Speedruns? Um, let's see. I caught a little bit of oh, all kinds of stuff. I just kind of put it on in between stuff. Um, Pokemon, Ruby, they were playing um, one of the Zellas. Uh, uh, right before we started recording, they were doing Punch-Out, but it's one guy is on the D-pad, one guy is on the buttons, and they're both blindfolded so that was really interesting um apparently right now they're doing the legend of zelda series relay whatever that yeah means. yeah that sounded really cool i really wanted to watch they're gonna do um final fantasy 8 right after that but it starts at like two in the morning and i'm fucking i'm not fucking 19 anymore i'm not up at two in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i'm not two in the morning i got work tomorrow so i can't do yeah, that. yeah me too um, Zach, what did, what did you watch <clears throat> or play? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Uh, Mandalorian. Okay. Yay. This is the way. Uh, you've seen it all, right? You finished. Yes, yeah, I've seen all of it. Good. Um, so you know of what I speak in the eighth episode. Yeah, I know. I know of the thing. I will not say. This is the way. Uh, wrestling. And. As for played, I beat Death Stranding, finally, mm -hmm. all fucking one hundred hours of it. <laughs> I played uh, a little bit of that too. <clears throat> Katana Zero, yeah, uh, on Switch. Nice. And uh, I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem Three Houses since I got said Switch. Sweet. So uh, you're a Switch guy now. I guess. I don't, I don't know if I call myself a Switch guy yet, but... You're a Switch like, guy! Yeah. <laughs> yeah is, is that that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only other stuff I have to say is, like, Katana Zero is a cool game. Check it out. It's unique. It's aesthetic <laughs> as fuck. It is very aesthetic. That's part of the reason why it appeals to me. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses is great. It's... That's... Uh, I'm not sure yet because those are big games, and I'm maybe a quarter of the quarter of the way through this one now. But so far, this might be like the biggest, best one in terms of writing and like all the stuff you can do in it. Okay. Um, as far as our death stranding, uh, not review, but like podcast, we're waiting on Andy. But I just I want him to enjoy the game. I'm not gonna tell him to hurry up so that we can do this podcast because Yeah, I'm sorry. I've I I, I mean obviously it should go without saying, but I've been in a real movie mood lately. Uh, first it was um that that animated Disney thing and now it's seventy sci fi. But like I said, I'm halfway done with those. So mm -hmm. Man, I'm sneaking in some death stranding here and there. It's just when you get home from work, you don't want to have to like 
parts of Death Stranding are, are suspenseful, you know, it's like tense. Uh -huh. And if I watch a movie, I get to just, you know, drink drink some whiskey and sit there and watch a movie. So eh, it's hard sometimes. I totally understand. And I'm not the type of person to be like, rush so we can do this podcast. So it's it's whatever. Um, me, on the other hand, uh, I know I, Andy sent me a gift for Christmas and I put it in the back seat of my truck going to, to my parents' house for Christmas Eve and so that I could watch it with my dad since me and him watch movies together. And my transmission blew in my car and I forgot to take it with me. And while it was in the shop, I never got to watch the movie. So that's, that's, a, that's a bad on me. You bitch. <laughs> uh, I will watch it probably this weekend if I'm not stressing out from my job. It's. I think it's a fairly short movie. If that helps motivate you, cool. I I, I was gonna watch it either way. Just a lot of shit happened during the holidays, um, but since I got to my parents' house, we did watch or I did watch all the Star Wars movies with all the trilogies and stuff. Uh, I watched this show called You on Netflix, where it's about like a over obsessed dude that loves this girl and he like stalks her and it's it it's written really well to the point be like, Oh, this dude's crazy, but then at the same time you're like rooting for him and it's really uncomfortable rooting for him. It's weird. It's like he, You really like thrillers, don't you? A little bit. But uh it, it it's it's totally weird on how like you root for him. It, it, I can't explain it yet. Like have to watch it or something. But I know you're probably never gonna watch it. I, I I'm sorry. It's TV shows. Don't give don't give up hope on me. Keep suggesting good TV shows to me. I will. Um, I also watched Lost in Space, the the new TV series that they have on Netflix, and it's actually pretty decent. Uh, That's good. You remember the movie from the 90s? Oh, man, what a train wreck. <laughs> with with Joe from, Joey from Friends as the pilot. Oh, man, was he in it? Yeah. Oh, man, that's hilarious. It, it, it's really good, the Netflix show. So I Okay. I and then for Christmas, I watched It's a Wonderful Life. We always, yes, I love that movie. We always do that every Christmas, so that was a tradition. Did you cry? Uh, you got to be honest. I did cry. Yeah. Uh, I was... Empathy. Uh, the Christmas spirit and, like, a lot of sh feelings that have been going on in my life lately. So, like, that played a big part. Uh, <laughs> just talking about feelings, uh, out of nowhere during these two weeks, I was on a Scott Hall uh, binge of clips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just missed the bad guy, I guess. And I watched the and Zach is gonna notice when WCW used the angle of uh, Scott Hall always being drunk, so they put that into the storyline. Did you watch that that video? It was like a long video about that story or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love that dude's channel. He makes great videos about that stuff. That sounds interesting. I, that's what I. It. That's what I prefer. Like I can't watch regular wrestling anymore, but I love shit about wrestling. Mm -hmm. Well. It, yeah. To, to pretty much put it this way, uh, Scott Hall was going through some shit with drugs and alcohol, and he was always showing up. A wrestler? Really? Drugs and alcohol? That's fucking... I can't believe that. But to the Especially point... Especially in the 90s. Yeah, to the point where he's, like, showing up in the ring, like, intoxicated and unable to, like, wrestle. So. Like, like for real? Like, th they decided to make it story, but he was actually, like, fucking up yeah, on the he, side? Yeah. He was like legitimately drunk, and they just used it as a storyline. Wow! So instead of uh, dealing with the problem, they just wrote it into their story. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of fucked, right? So yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eric Bischoff actually uh, said, "Oh, uh, great. of course, it was his idea." Uh, it was actually, I believe, the executives at Turner because they're like, we're giving this guy all this money because it, when they uh, got the Outsiders, which was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Scott Hall, yeah, I'm sure they gave him a fucking load of money with an ironclad contract or something. Yeah, so like... Isn't that part of what, like, fuck, I don't want to get way off in the wrestling weeds, I'm sorry, but isn't that a big part of, like, what kind of, like, shot WCW in the foot is they gave all these guys ironclad contracts? Yeah. That's what, that's what led to shit like the finger poke of doom and stuff like that. Yeah, that led to guaranteed money in wrestling. Before that point, there was never really such a thing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why, like, a lot of those guys, that's why you always hear that term. People talk about WCW, the inmates run the asylum, brother, is because they all had guaranteed fucking contracts. And a lot of them had creative control clauses built into them. Right. Yeah. I, I Like I said, like, I like stuff about wrestling. And on the, the, the uh, WWE network, I watched a bunch of the documentaries about the Monday Night War and stuff like that. That's where I was picking all that up from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend it. I'll I'll link it into the Facebook of where I watched that video, and then then I just started watching like videos of like Razor Ramon and all that crap. Hey yo, so Chico. Uh, hey yo. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get right into the Twilight Zone. We do this every January because it's a tradition here in Big Trouble. So we decided. Hey. And yeah, we know it's not a movie. Fuck you. Hey, one year we should just watch the movie, actually. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool. Just add it. Uh, so, Andy, what episodes did you pick? I chose five characters in Search of an Exit, uh, Season 3, Episode 14, and To Serve Man, Season 3, 24, uh, Episode 24. Um, both of these episodes have something in common. If you've never seen them, I feel like this isn't that much of a spoiler, but they both have a twist at the end that I don't want to say ruins repeat viewings, but will color your perception on repeat viewings. Because if you've seen both of these episodes, and I assume both of you had just as I had before we watched them, you know the twist at the end, and it kind of makes it a different ride. It, it did, and, and actually, I started picking up on things that I'd never picked up on the first few viewings, where they they use choice of words like characters, and you know, I I don't remember how I feel. Like I didn't pay attention to that. I just thought, oh, these people are in some room. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about five characters in search of an exit first. Mm-hmm. It comes first chronologically, and it's just the first one I chose. Um, I, I don't know, I. I I really don't want to just describe the plot because this series is closer to a hundred years old than it is not. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the twilight zone, turn this off, go watch it. What are you doing? Yeah, it's a twilight zone. I've, I say this every year. Twilight zone is my favorite TV show. Like period. I, I, I fucking love the twilight zone. Oh, me too. I, I don't, I, I probably had to buy the, the DVD collection once, it's uh, on Blu-ray now. I mean, I don't know why, but it is. Yeah, because once they take it off of Netflix, which eventually they'll probably do at some point. Oh, it's on Netflix? I watched it on Hulu. It's everywhere. I remember last year when we did this, it was on Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think Zach is the only one that has it. on CBS Plus, too. On DVD, right? Yeah, I've got the box set on uh, Blu-ray. Did you watch I it? I got it. I, yeah, I... I've watched most of it. Uh, the thing is, is I've probably seen all of Twilight Zone anyway from... There was a run in the late 2000s on Sci-Fi Channel where they would play a fuck ton of Twilight Zone throughout, like, the day. Good. And if I wasn't, like, at work or something and I just had my TV on in the background or something, or sometimes I would just watch Twilight Zone. Uh, uh, I So I watched pretty much all the show anyway. Yeah. Just from that, well, there I was, wanted to own it. There was a time too that you, me, and a third friend watched a bunch of it too. I remember. Yeah, um, the, I ended up buying the box set though because for some reason on a lot of the streaming services they don't have the fourth season. Right, I don't understand that. I, it's got. I think it has the episode where the guy is Hitler, but does that matter? Yeah, no, I don't think that's what it is. I, I have a suspicion it has something to do with like uh, channel rights or some bullshit. Mm. It's locked up and like. I mean, the show is in syndication, so I don't know why. Who knows? I I don't know, but it it doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes, though, is the one where the guy is talking to Hitler the whole time. The point is, um, the show is ubiquitous. Please watch it. It's it's great. It is just great. When you watch it, you'll start to realize everyone has been stealing from this series for decades. Yeah, pretty much. Like um, it's, the Outer Limits wouldn't exist without this show. Nope. And so would a bunch of other weird sci-fi anthologies. Black Mirror wouldn't fucking exist without this. Nope. <laughs> uh, 
five characters in search of an exit. Um, you know, the show is short. There's not a whole lot of um, room for character development, usually. And this episode, in a weird way, takes perfect advantage of that. Because none of the characters even know who they are. Uh, I, like I said earlier, one of the movies I watched, um, just coincidentally, it wasn't to get ready for this, but I watched 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. um, another masterpiece. Have you guys ever seen 12 Angry Men? Yes. No. Good. Oh, shame. Um, it's got at least three actors in it who went on to be in the Twilight Zone, which is kind of funny. But it's another story that takes place entirely in one room. Um, the beginning shot of the movie is like in the courtroom. And at the very end, uh, two people have a very short conversation on the courthouse steps. But other than that, it's all in the room and shortly in the bathroom. Like two guys have a short conversation in the bathroom. Um. I fucking love great stories that are told in just one room. You know, like a play? Mm-hmm. Like when someone says, oh, do you want to see a play? It sounds like it's going to be really boring. But there are a lot of like the tightest, neatest, well-developed scripts. Um, 12 Angry Men is, is the most famous example I can think of. But Five Characters in Search of an Exit is kind of a microcosm thereof. It's just five characters... They're in a cylindrical little room and they want to get out. And that's kind of it. Where are they? Why are they there? Are they in hell? I remember the first time I saw this, uh, I had two working theories. One of them was, well, this is purgatory. And the other one was, well, this is someone's dream, which the clown does say at some point, I think. I think it's the clown. He says, well, all of us are the figment of one person's dream. One of us is dreaming and the rest of us are all. Yeah, there were times uh, back then, there were times where I was like, Maybe the clown is in on it, and this is some type of joke. They do lead you in that direction. Like, the clown is the most um, apathetic about what to do and how to get out of there. It kind of gives them, they don't say it, but it gives me the impression he's been there the longest. Mm-hmm. Like he was the first uh, toy dropped in that bucket. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's your twist if you got this far and you haven't gone to watch the episode, shame on you. But, uh, um Toy Story stole from this. I'm probably not directly. I'm sure the people Pixar didn't watch this episode. So, oh, we're gonna rip this straight off. But come on, <laughs> <laughs> it's very Toy Story. This story. Well, like I said, you know, I, I started from this view, and I started picking up things where they just don't say people a lot. They say, you know, we don't know who we are. Uh, even the fucking title says, you know, characters in an exit. So it's like. Which is a very play-like title, I think. But I don't know. What do I know? I'm not a very literary playwright guy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even notice that, like, the, they say, like, uh, well, I didn't notice in the first few viewings where they're like, oh, you don't feel hunger, we don't feel pain. But somehow, like, they felt the pain of the bell. Yeah. Um, there's there's weird stuff like that. It, it's... I uh, I can remember seeing this episode for the first time, I'm pretty sure, and I didn't see the ending coming, but it's really weird because, man, they lay it right out for you, like what's happening, mm-hmm. sort of. I mean, I, I, I fi- knowing what happens, hindsight being 2020, it seems obvious, but I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was like, what? You know, because yeah. it's one of my favorites. That's why I chose it. It's, it's one of my favorites. Zach, what about you? Do you have anything to say about this episode? I, I kind of had similar thoughts to you guys about the, around the first time I saw it. Like, I was like, I guess this is some kind of weird purgatory or something. Um, and it's kind of interesting just having all... It's like each one of them had a very different outlook slash opinion on the whole situation. Uh, this kind of just it's kind of interesting watching the, the the major was like the one that was most wanting to get out of there and was like borderline hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the ending was like kind of like whoa! Like when I first saw it, it was it kind of took me by surprise. It was a swerve. Yeah, this Twilight a Twilight Zone also invented the swerve. You you kind of um, you kind of look for those in Twilight Zone. That's why I like it a lot. Where it's just like you think you know where the story's going, and then they just do the swerve, 
And even when they don't do a swerve, where it's just like it has a good ending, you kind of like, wow, like Twilight Zone is something special. Yeah, it's I, from watching so much of it when I did, like I gained like a, a pretty good appreciation of it, at least earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, knowing what I know now and seeing like as, as I've watched more things over time, like I can see like that show was like really ahead of its time. Especially in case of TV and stuff, it was super ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, famously speaking, I've always wanted to read up more on Twilight Zone. But fam- uh, famously, most uh, the bulk of Twilight Zone is pulled from like famous writers. It's all short, based on a short story by uh, original concept by stuff like that. Uh, Rod Serling wrote a lot of it himself, and it's all like great sci-fi writers and. Um, uh, I don't know how else to put it. Suspense, not really. Uh, even horror, a little bit. Like, um, when writers were doing this kind of stuff, and it was like serialized in magazines, and it was put out in like small paperback editions and stuff. And uh, I think they just had a lot to pull from. Obviously, whoever adapted all this stuff is kind of the unsung hero of the Twilight Zone, because obviously all these great stories were written. And as far as sci-fi goes, there has always been a ton of great stories. Like you could read nothing but sci-fi for the next 30 30 years and you'd still probably be missing out on some great stuff. Mm -hmm. But they had a lot to pull from. And uh, I think Rod Serling like famously developed friendships with a lot of great places to get these stories from. Hence, not only did he do Twilight Zone, but he did, um, what's the other show he did? Menagerie or something. Yeah. Dubs, you know. I, I I know he did a, a later uh, uh, the 80s after Twilight Zone he did another kind of like Twilight oh is he still involved in that too yeah yeah there's an 80s Twilight Zone and there's a modern day Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele attached well no I've he, heard it's good I haven't seen well he had another show that was had the same formula as Twilight right what was it called it was about like pictures or something I keep wanting to say Menagerie but I don't know if that's right. Oh, I'm gonna look it up right now, but uh, but but anyway, he knew a lot of people in that um, in those circles in sci-fi writing, and I've just been I've been super jazzed on sci-fi lately due to that Criterion Channel thing. Night Gallery, yeah, Gallery, Night Gallery, yeah. that's it. Yeah, but I don't know, sci-fi is just uh, it's it's one of my favorite genres of anything, book, short story, movie, television show. Ah, oh, it's so interesting. I love it. Yeah, and that's another thing with uh, so ahead of its time, and he kind of like puts real events into it. Like the Cold War was a big thing with the the atom bomb. Um, well, I mean, of course, what else would people be writing about except what was on their mind all day and every night? You know. Mm-hmm. And then obviously about aliens and Star Wars, not the the movies, but like the wars and the stars. Yeah, the space exploration and all that stuff. And which leads me to to serve man. Yeah, they even mention it takes place a year after the first man in space or something. Mm-hmm. And that that's where it was really fucking awesome too because this one's a lot more famous than Five Characters in Search of an Exit. I think um, I think if you if you started watching Twilight Zone today. I think the ending to Five Characters in Search of an Exit would surprise you, but the ending to Serve to to Serve Man would not surprise you. It's been spoiled by uh, I remember Futurama spoiled it. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard it elsewhere. I want to say Animaniacs, maybe. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Maybe Simpsons. Maybe Simpsons. Uh, maybe it's Simpsons and not Futurama. Maybe it's both. I don't know. Yeah, I, what, rewatching uh, to serve man, I think the knowing the twist uh, hurts it a little bit when you know it about does. it. Uh, yeah, I, that one does because when I was watching this and then the twist happened, because I was like, I think they, or it's a cookbook. I couldn't quite remember, but I thought that's what it was. They was like, it's a cookbook, and I, <laughs> I just started laughing. I was blatantly, I remember this one very distinctly, and I chose it kind of based just on that. I wanted to discuss one, because we've avoided them in years past, except for, um, no, we didn't watch that one, did we? We watched The Obsolete Man, that's what it was. 
But um, we, we've avoided ones that have, like, the swerve endings that are, like, really in pop culture. We've never watched Terror at 20,000 Feet, and we've never watched um, a couple of the other obvious ones. Mm-hmm. The, the one with uh, Burgess Meredith is the librarian. Right, that's the one I was trying to remember the title of, because I couldn't remember the name of that one. But we watched Obsolete Man, and I get those too confused sometimes. But we, we haven't watched those because, you know, what's the point? Everyone knows the ending. But everyone knows the ending to, to Surf Man. So I, I still wanted to watch it, and I wanted us to discuss it based on, you know, everyone knows how this ends. Is this a good episode after the swerve has fizzled? What do you guys think? Um, I, I never get excited. Like, when I first watched it and uh, didn't know about the swerve, I was like, oh, God, it's a cookbook. You're, you're gonna die you're gonna be food but now i'm just like oh okay and i don't know it's just it, it it's not a good episode for me in my opinion it, it's definitely well known and it's and all that jazz but to what to like it's not my number one go-to and be like oh i want to watch to serve man sure yeah of course not yeah zach what about you I think it. I think it does fall kind of flat when you know what happens. Yeah, and I think that's like a true test of like which episodes are really good in this show and which one aren't. Which one? When's which are timeless? Yeah, is when you know the twist and you still really like it and you still really get into like the narrative and the characters and stuff. Um, and that when you know the twist of this one, it's kind of boring. Admittedly, like yeah. I, I'm not saying I hated it. I just thought like compared to a lot of other ones. Is pretty uneventful. Like, there's an episode that doesn't have any dialogue in it. And to me, that's like one of my favorite episodes of that show. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now, I mean, I, I, and I agree with both of you. Like, this time watching it, I was kind of like, oh, I might have chosen Dud. Oh, my God. Uh, but, like, parts of it are still fun. I like, um, I like the, uh, usually it's a really boring device used in, um, used in storytelling but i like that it starts with him on the ship and he says well let me tell you how i got here (laughs) yeah so like it's got that going for it in that you know there's going to be a twist but also it's an episode of the twilight zone of course there's going to be a twist Mm. um but knowing all that putting that aside the first time you saw this episode can you recall what you thought of it then was it a good episode were you entertained did you have it spoiled by the episode of uh, Simpsons about the Treehouse of Horror that spoiled this? Uh, no, like uh, when I first saw this, I was shocked because I was like, "Oh, you know, why did he leave the book there? Did he do it on purpose? And why does he have a derp face when he talks?" I know yet. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. He looks like brain dead or something. I don't yeah. really get it. <laughs> He, he explains, he's like, I talk, we talk with our minds, so... Yeah, I mean, clearly, but you can still close your mouth. Come on, dude. Yeah, he, his mouth breathing and his eyes are, like, half open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like he's like, I gotta talk to this fucking food, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he just fucking gave up on caring that day. Yeah, and then... You know, you have you have that scene where they're all lining up to get onto the the ship, and you think they're weighing them because, like, oh, you're gonna have all these people come on the ship. They have to weigh the cargo, and when you get the twist, you're like, oh, they're weighing them to see how much maybe meat they have on them. Yeah, like, what did they think they were doing? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like right then, if you don't know. It's like, don't worry, shortly after she comes out and yells, it's a cookbook! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) If you're not quite with it. Yeah, that that scene where she, like, yells at... Because... By the way, that guy that like narrates in the beginning, like what what did he fucking do in it? Like it seems like he was only like sitting at at that desk and like the girl was doing all the work. I, I guess he was, he was a like, cryptologist. He, he yeah. ciphered uh, uh, ciphers, deciphered the ciphers. Dubs, <laughs> Jesus. Also, why are they trying to decipher it? Why don't they get a uh, uh, someone in linguistics in there? Yeah, you know, division of sociology that doesn't seem right. But what? 
whatever. I think it was an, an excuse for whoever wrote it to show off how many different kinds of ciphers they know, because he names a bunch. I should have called Indiana Jones. He dealt with aliens before. <laughs> or call Amy Adams in like the movie, uh, that one movie where she did with aliens and had to figure out the language. I forgot the Amy movie. Amy Adams and the alien men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, here's a random fact. Did you guys know that, um, what are they called? Canimates or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, they're all played by the same actor. And that same actor is Jaws and James Bond. Woo! I thought that guy looked kind of familiar. It is. It's Jaws. It's <laughs> like, who the fuck is that? Yep. <laughs> I thought it was a, re- a wrestler or something. That's what I kept it, on thinking. Tis Jaws. That, that was my second guess is it was this guy was some kind of wrestler from like the old days. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did wrestle. I don't uh, I don't know what else to say. Like, I I do like when he uh, I forgot the main character's name and all that stuff that does the narration, but uh, he was like, um, excuse me, the the thing that the alien talking to him. Why aren't you eating your food, Mister Allen, or whatever his name is? Something and, like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make sure you dispense that cigarette into the garbage. <laughs> the proper receptacle it is for safety or something like that. Yeah. This one, it's not, it's not a dud to me. It's just that the impact is like really lost. Yeah. But it has like this cheese factor to me. I was still, I still like when I was sitting there, it's not that I was bored. It's just, I was, I was entertained in a different way. Yeah. Like to me, it, it felt like I was enjoying it more from like kind of a cheese aspect. Because, like, like, Dubs is saying some of the stuff, like, when he's talked to him, like, put your cigarette in the proper receptacle. And it's like, the, these people are, like, super duper naive that these aliens come and, like, we're going to show you how to grow food forever and all this other shit. Which you could argue that that's, like, maybe one moral, because, you know, Twilight Zone always has, like, a bunch of morals, too, in their stories. Sure. You know, don't take... I guess don't take everything for face value or it's like, if it's too good to be true, it probably is or some shit. That makes sense. I don't don't know if they were making fun of the Soviet Union, but why did they make the Russian like a fat slob? (laughs) Why is he eating in every scene? I was like, you see the Brad Pitt in this movie? What the fuck's going on? He's always eating this giant fucking sandwich. Yeah, this this fucking, this spaceman from another galaxy comes to the United Nations and talks about doing all this stuff for the planet. He's just like eating a sandwich. Oh, fucking, I'm good. Because Soviet Union does not does not care about spaceman. We have been to space three times already. All right, spaceman, but can you make a submarine sandwich? Tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was like, why are they making fun of Soviet Union? I mean, Rod Sterling doesn't really make fun of the Soviet Union in no. his series at all. No, he was he was famously anti-war and kind of wanted everyone to get along. And um there's a lot of really good science fiction writers. Of course, this was the late 50s, early 60s. I don't know if they knew that. But there's a lot of great science fiction coming out of the Soviet Union, too. So it was like a – oh, man, I could get in the weeds. Um, <laughs> there, there was a lot of science fiction trying to come out of the Soviet Union, and it was all famously like translated by um, people in universities in the United States. And people would always be like, why are you translating that commie trash? And they'd be like, have you read it? It's very anti-communist. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Um I don't know what else to say. I mean the fucking Twilight Zone is amazing and I guess we could talk about uh where we're ranking because I, I I think we all agree that we recommend these episodes because we love Twilight Zone, but that's just me probably talking out of, out of my ass. So Yeah, I, I recommend every episode of yeah. Twilight Zone. It's great. Um five characters is better than to serve man based on I like knowing the the twists, if a, yeah. if I could like time travel, I think I would still put it that way. To Surf Man has still got like a weird cheesiness to the whole. Oh, we're aliens, so we have big brains, and we speak telepathically. Like that's not as interesting as why is this bagpipe guy in this can? <laughs> this fucking army guy and a ballerina in a clown. I, I I think five characters is more interesting either way. I 
I thought the dialogue was a lot better with uh, five characters. And it... That's because it's in one place. I love it. Oh, man, the, the scripts are tight. The dialogue's great. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach, what about you? Do you recommend? Oh, yeah. Uh, I recommend any episode, but here, uh, yeah, I think five characters holds up better. Um, this is just a good example of like, oh, which, oh, when you know the twist, what holds up? Yeah. Well, this one does, this one doesn't quite. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't choose these based on that. It was inadvertent. But after I watched them both, I said, oh, that's, that's good. There's, here's an angle that ties them together. We get to discuss that. And then we did. Cool. So I guess our ranking right now at the moment is we have five characters at number one and to serve man at number two. All yeah, I mean, that's all we've seen, so. Yep. Yes. All right. So next week, we have my two episodes I picked. It's A World of Difference, which is the first season, uh, episode 23, and then The Changing of the Guard, which is season three and episode 37. And I gotta quickly mention that season three is really good in Twilight. Yeah, definitely. Season two and three are the best, I think. I I have a hard time deciding whether two or three is where it's at. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was actually going through the list and everything. I'm like, oh, man, I really love season three. Like, one of my top episodes are in there. Uh, Zach, do you kind of want to give a preview of what's going to happen uh, the week after mine? Yeah, I picked out two. When we talked about this a few weeks back, I didn't have any ready. Because um, I got drafted into this, so to speak. <laughs> it's January. It's Twilight Zone time. Fuck you. It's January. Twilight Zone. Yeah, they, exactly. We're not watching any movies this month. I can tell you that. What are you gonna go see, fucking Doctor Doolittle? No, you're not. The movie looks like a turd. Yeah. I, Iron Man talks to animals. What? Um, but yeah, I picked uh the sixteen millimeter shrine from season one, episode four, mm-hmm. and I picked the Howling Man, which is a season two episode. I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head right now. I didn't write that one down. I just was like, oh my god, that's one of my favorite ones, and I picked it immediately. Yeah, that was season two, episode five. Okay, yeah. Alright, so uh, remember to watch my picks, A World of Difference, and then The Changing of the Guard, and then come back here and we'll talk about it, like how we, how we talked about Andy's episodes. Uh, but before we end this episode... Uh, there are two quick news I want to talk about. So Sony was hyping up, uh, saying we're going to CES and we have announcements to talk about. It's going to be amazing. And they announced that they have a new logo and that there's a couple of features where it's like they show you the power of the system. It was like a slideshow and it was only two. Oh my God, is this it? I'm sorry to interrupt, but is it really just like the, the uh, a P, but the S is a five? Yeah. It's a P5! I'm sorry, this is an inside joke way back in the old GameStop days. Does the P3 play P2 games? P2 games, yeah. (laughs) It's just a P5. We were always like, so the PSP is the P? It's the P. (laughs) Well, they're calling it the PS5. Uh, That's one of the... (laughs) Excuse me? They're calling it the PS whatever. PS5, brother. PS5, alright. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X. <laughs> Fuck. Play five. Okay. I, I, I stepped I stepped all over you actually just telling that story, but I mean I, I I get it, I guess. I don't know. Is there much to talk about here besides like No, it's just that marketing has changed now with consoles and in my opinion, because look at Nintendo. Nintendo Marketing has changed. Marketing uses uh uh, UPC stamped guns for UPC stamped commercials. <laughs> I was going to start doing that. <laughs> Beat me to it. I'm sorry, I did a Metal Gear. <laughs> uh, new, like, with Nintendo, they have their little uh, Direct that is awesome, by the way. I compared the Direct... Oh, there's a Direct coming. Uh, there's a piece of news for you. There's a Direct on the 9th about Pokemon. 9.30 Eastern. More Pokemon? Um, I'm hoping it's going to be like, uh, by the way, all Pokemon work in Sword and Shield now. But who knows? I don't, I don't know. 20 minutes about Pokemon. A Pokemon game just came out. What are they doing? Yeah, that's disappointing in my opinion, but whatever. 
I mean, whatever. We'll see what happens. I'd like to think at the end of it, they'll be like, by the way, Smash DLC 5 character, because goddamn it, they've waited long enough to announce that. <laughs> uh, but, like, the marketing... What I like about what Xbox did, even though they have a shitty name, is that Phil Spencer's like, you know what? This is a new age. Let's, let's fucking just show the console. Let's stop doing this, like, build-up bullshit where... You know, we're going to show, like, a, a tiny picture, and then we're going to enlarge the picture and be like, oh, my God, look at the console. Phil Spencer was just like, fuck you guys. We're going to, even though we don't have any games announced yet, but here's our console. It looks like a PC fucking tower. It sure does. Yeah. And then, like, Sony started to, like, since Xbox already did their load and everything, they're like, oh, we have an announcement. And I'm like, all right, maybe they're going to show a picture. I don't even care if they just showed the fucking controller. If they didn't even show that. They were just like, hey guys, if we have a cool announcement, here's our fucking logo, and here's what the specs are going to be. And that's it. And I'm like, alright, so when are you going to announce this? Are you going to announce this at E3, and then what, we have a couple of months before we could fucking buy it? Is, is that the strategy that they're going with? And I feel like with Sony's state of play, even though the last state of play was uh, better than what they've been doing, and I know you're a big PSVR fan, so it caters, yeah. it caters to you, Andy. But to me, I feel like it's always mediocre with their. You, got, you guys got to listen to Sony. You got to jump on that VR bait. It's mm-hmm. time. There's a Space Channel Five coming, mm-hmm. motherfucker. <laughs> And I, I just feel oh, also, uh, Iron Man VR. Come on, that's got kick ass. Yeah, that, that is kick ass. I do want that. <laughs> but I compared to the direct versus the state of play, and like state of play uh, has eight hundred thousand people that viewed it, and like direct has like a two point nine million. So, it... <laughs> um, what the fuck? <laughs> I wonder if part of it isn't marketing because I did not know there was a state of play. I was completely unaware of that, but. I knew that there was going to be a Pokemon Direct, and they just announced it, like, fucking 10 hours ago. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know. Maybe, it, of course, it's also, like, the shit I like on Facebook and the stuff I follow on Twitter. Like, I try not to build it. I'm not a fanboy of anything. But if I'm a fanboy of anything, it's got to be Nintendo at this point. I'm not trying to be, but I like Nintendo shit. Nintendo always does it right. Yeah. Uh, quick news here really quickly. So, that... They're teasing this whole like Alienware. Oh, I saw this. This is great. Switch, oh boy, sw- switch thing. <laughs> so you know all those people that kind of bitch about like, or you know, Nintendo and their little fucking handheld. Now everybody wants to do their handheld thing now. So Alienware is doing their thing. It looks fucking huge. <laughs> It, it, it just looks like a switch. It's a switch. Yeah. With like what? some angly bits and it's white. The meme I saw on Reddit was like, uh, uh, Alienware. Hey, Nintendo. Mind if I copy your homework, bro? Nintendo. Yeah, but change it a little bit so the teacher doesn't know. Alienware. Picture of this piece of shit. <laughs> I like that it has little LEDs around the analog stick, but other than that, suck my dick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, it's basically just like a little tablet computer you can dock or hook up to your TV. That's it. Can it dock? Uh, there is no dock. It's just a handheld. That's just my guess. Yeah. So, so it's a Switch Lite. Yeah. What the, who would want that? Uh, oh, the two sides of the controller disconnect. That's original. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Alienware, what are you doing? And since, <laughs> since Alienware is doing this, this probably is going to cost like two grand. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you pay for the brand with Alienware. Mm-hmm. But that's the news, everybody. Um, during Christmas time, usually game gaming stuff is light. Uh, Doom is coming out soon, right? March? March! March oh. 3rd, we get um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then March 20-something, we get both Animal Crossing and Doom at the same time. And then April, we get fucking Resident Evil 3. <laughs> yeah, and then, then some other games come out that no one cares about. There is a game coming out this month for me. I'm probably the only one that cares about it, though. 
hit us with it. What is it? It's oh. uh, Warcraft Three Reforged. Oh yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Oh, is the Warcraft Three remake? Yeah. It's an RTS. Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 interested in that. Well, it's coming out. The, I think the twenty fourth. Is it a full retail release? Like uh, sixty bucks. I I don't know what the price is actually off the top of my head. Do I have to play it on Blizzard's launcher? Yeah. Mm, that's a little bad, but uh, that's, I can work with that. We'll see. We'll see. I'll look into it. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. When is that coming out? Is it still coming out? Uh, it's summer, isn't it? Oh, they they pushed it back even more. Oh, did they? I don't know. I, I might be wrong. I, I, I might lost, be wrong. I lost track of that one. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. I guess we're going to start to sign off. Uh, if you guys were wondering when... April. It's April 16th. Sweet. Wow. I'm going to be, oh. be poor. Um, <laughs> we call it. If you guys were wondering when the Nemesis Project is coming back, well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say what we talked about before, but <laughs> uh, the end of January, we're, we're shooting forward to come back for Resident Evil 5. So, That's right. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you're wondering when we're going to do some getting some color, that's going to be next week. We're going to be doing some Royal Rumble goodness. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, for Big Trouble Little Podcast Plus, which is our whatever podcast where it's movies or games, we're going to be doing the best, the top 10 movies and games of the decade, last decade. So keep an eye out that. Also, we have updated our website, nerdreview.com. It looks all nice and organized. I love it. I the fonts looks like font looks sexy. I want to splooge on it, but uh. <laughs> uh, if you want to catch our episodes live, make sure you go to Twitch, which is under mine, which is twitch.tv slash jojobs35. Uh, and if you want to catch us pre-recorded, go to my Twitch. Fuck you. What's your yeah. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go to my Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash the cliche mustache. And uh, sometimes Zach, uh, if he's going to get back into Resident Evil games, he usually streams some Resident Evil games. What's your YouTube? Uh, Zorkatron986. Yeah, keep an eye out, you know, since we're getting back into Resident Evil. So, um,. And we're also on Podbean. If you go to novnetwork.podbean.com and catch all our pre-recorded goodness. But until next time, everybody, have a good night and a good 2020. Later. Thanks for listening. Peace.